0: Lisa, it's so cool. You get to stay up all night drinking blood. And if you say you're a vampire, you get a free small soda at the movies. No!
1: No! Lisa, it's not like you have a choice
0: here. (laughs)
1: Yo! What's up, everybody? And welcome to a Halloween special edition of Simpsons is Greater Than, a podcast where we take a look at the cultural impact of everybody's favorite nuclear family. As always, I'm your host, Warren, also known to some of you as King Snorky. You're, uh, the, I mean, Bart of Darkness. You might know me from my Simpsons collection on Instagram and Twitter. Be honest, it's great, isn't it? Go ahead and say it's great if you want to. But if not, go ahead and finish up this episode, put down the Halloween candy, and go check it out. This interview is with my friend Carolyn O'Mine. She's been working on The Simpsons for over 20 years. She's been a writer, a voice director, a producer. She's done it all. She's also worked on a ton of Halloween episodes, so I figured she'd be the perfect guest for this one. So let's get into it. Episode twelve. Let's go. So the first, the first thing I really want to know, Carolyn, is how are you?
0: I'm good. I'm really good. Today was like a good day. It was news-wise, like I'm yeah. like waking up to like the Pope. Although he's been kind of flirting with it, but he came out pro gay marriage, which was fantastic. And I mean, for he's just an amazing pope. I I do like this pope. Yeah, he seems cool. Never thought I would say that. <laughs> I, I heard it, I heard it, that he like when he first became pope, there were there were stories of him like sneaking out at night dressed as a regular priest so he could. Feed the hungry and stuff and things like, whoa, okay, he just does some cool stuff, yeah, I'm with that he immediately was like, no, this thing where they we get new clothes that very i guess their clothes are very expensive, the vestments or whatever he's like, no, 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 we're not doing that we're just saving that money for the poor I, I just hey. like him he's a he's a He's the Bernie Sanders of Popes. <laughs>
1: I'm cool with that. Yeah. Anyone yeah. that's comparable to Bernie, I'm I'm cool with for sure. Well, yeah. that's, you know, that's, that's good to know that you're doing okay. I, I like to check on people during this time because it is a weird ass time that we are in. So I like to make sure everyone's doing okay. You know?
0: Yeah, no, it is. It's yeah. I mean, I have my moments and I've, I know other people do too. And, uh, I just, I'm sort of on an upswing. Also the, um the giuliani story was also like <laughs> yes <laughs> i love borat that's my f- favorite sasha baron cohen movie and i love sasha baron cohen but I, I just me too love borat um in particular and so i was happy there's gonna be a borat too and then when i saw it this morning i was like oh my god Yeah,
1: no, it it was a good news day. And and I'm really looking, (laughs) I'm really looking forward to that for sure. Um, Well, so I, you know, I wanted to to really do a Halloween centric episode and Mm I, you know, I figured who better to have on than my friend Carolyn Amine. And, uh, you know, we're recording this interview for two reasons. One, uh, if any of you saw it, the first one we did was on Instagram live. And I quickly learned that you can't guarantee quality on those things. And two, Carolyn's worked on a ton of Halloween episodes and is the credited writer on some really great ones. So, uh, I thought that would be fun. And she's also awesome. So there you go.
0: Oh, thank you. I love talking to you. It's really fun.
1: That's too nice. Um, well, you know, how, speaking of Halloween, uh, how have you been celebrating October so far?
0: I devised a shoot to, um, drop candy from my balcony cause my shoot is right above my front door. I don't know if that's even legal. <laughs> but and I don't know how many people are going to do it. But my neighborhood's really into Halloween. It, it, it's kind of sad. Like it, it, people really decorate, and we normally get like waves. We get like the little kids at four, and then the little bit older, and then then we get the people who get busted in. And so I usually give out a lot of candy. And and what I also do is I realized my, a lot of my son's toys that he stop playing with like stuff we have so many stuffed toys and things um <laughs> rather than just giving them to goodwill where i think they get kind of smooshed in about like we would put them on a table and kids would take them and oh, wow. and they they would be you know you just see them like get that one thing they'd be so happy so anyway we got this big shoot that i was painting today made it look all metal and then we're going to wear these masks <laughs> did you know like the the early pl- the bubonic plague, the doctors would wear these weird masks. Like they would put wow. these weird um, aromatics and herbs in this beak so that, cause they somehow thought it was just the smell was the problem. <laughs> but, <What? laughs> uh, but yeah, they thought if you weren't breathing in stinky air, uh, but yeah, they all look like weird crows, but anyway, so we're going to look yeah. like plague doctors dropping candy out of a chute. So I'm, that's what I've been doing today. I'm wow. painting the cardboard, shoot. So it looks like it's metal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, so what, what I'm, you know, what I'm learning now is that Carolyn is very crafty and um, I'm (laughs) going to have to hire her to like redo my entire house. Um, so.
0: (laughs) And I did have Scout was, Scout was, he was like, I had some sheets that came in a canvas bag and I just soaked that in tea and then I cut out holes and he was, he looked, he was, he looks like Dobby. He's not wearing it now, but just wearing this little, (laughs) dirty little bag <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's so great i mean my wife and i love halloween we always decorate you know we hang up you know plastic ghosts and we always like you know put the fake tombstones in the yard and and all that sort of stuff so i i do love halloween i don't we normally get trick-or-treaters and i always love that i love to you know be the corny guy compliment all the costumes like oh my you're scary and all that stuff so you know i don't think we're gonna have too much of that this year but we'll have to find some way to to put a little something out you know
0: I right know. I know. I did. I did tell a few of my friends that when I'm doing this and like people I haven't seen. And so some of them said, well, I'll just come by because I just want to see you. So I'm I'm trying to find little surprises that I can drop down the chute. To them that's
1: that's so great. That's <laughs> so great. Um, so tell me what you know, what is your favorite scary movie? What's something you have to watch every Halloween season?
0: Hmm. It's not I don't I can't even call it my favorite. But to me, the scariest movie is The Exorcist. I've, oh, yeah. I've, I've watched it like three times in my life. I, I can remember the first time I watched it, I was, you know, maybe 13 and it, it scarred me. <laughs> and, and then I was like, I'm going to watch it again when I was like in my 20s. And I was like, oh man, this thing is really scary. And then I watched it again when it had that director's cut. And, and I, I, it really like the next day, it's, I feel like something terrible happened. You know, like 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 it's a weird feeling. It, that that movie is there's something really, really. Also, that that scene they put in the where she crawls down the um, stairs, that little spider walk, yeah. which was cut. From, I, mean, I guess it was in the director's cut. I just remember I was didn't even realize until the person next to me told me that I was like, like I made this weird noise. Like, <laughs> and like they're like, shh, like oh, was that beat? <laughs> but. Uh, I I do see why they cut it, though, because at that point, Ellen Burstyn still isn't convinced that the problem's not medical. And really, if your daughter came crawling down the stairs like a spider, like with her head all turned, you'd be like, this is probably not a doctor thing. This is definitely a priest thing.
1: Right. I think you would figure (laughs) it out at that point, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's like, I don't have many like traditional... Halloween movies that I have to watch every year, other than, you know, the classics. You watch Halloween, you watch, you know, Friday the 13th, you might watch some scary stuff, but uh, we've been watching a lot of uh, Supernatural, which is a show that I know a lot of people think is uh, sort of bad, Uh, but I feel like those people have never actually watched it, and it's a great show, Uh, very very similar to like X-Files-ish kind of show, Mm -hmm. and if you want a reason to love it, in season one, they actually make a Simpsons reference, Uh, like a really obvious one, and I think they make a couple more as the show goes on. Uh, so someone in that writer's room loved The Simpsons. So I'm telling you, Supernatural. Great to watch during the Halloween season or any season. It's a really good, really good show. All right. Um, I watch that one. There you go. Um, have you carved a pumpkin yet?
0: Not this year. No, hmm. I haven't.
1: I like to carve pumpkins. I try to do uh, Simpsons pumpkins. I, I didn't do one last year, but I normally do... Uh, I was really into doing evil Homer pumpkins for a while. <laughs> so I to do Homer with, you know, the little devil horns and stuff like that. But I uh, haven't done one yet this year. I don't
0: know. Yeah, they're, I, they're I'd fun. heard a, a little trick of like putting alcohol on the inside and putting them in the refrigerator just because, you know, like they die so quickly. They but, do. Um, you know, especially considering if you don't cut them, they, they last for months. But if you cut right. them, they'll... But yeah, it's I guess it's, it's always the bacteria that does it. So if you... Although we do need to keep our hand sanitizer for other things <laughs> maybe <laughs> right. maybe we let the pumpkin go
1: <laughs> yeah especially in florida they don't live that like i feel like we wait till the last minute every mm-hmm. year because if we don't it's gone in like three days especially if you spend out you know a long time on it and then it's just gone
0: yeah with ours we 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 just have to put because also i have squirrels it's it's ghastly like well we we did one and and we'd use the that pattern and you you go really and it's really oh, intricate yeah. and it just like its face was eaten out by this like the squirrels came and just made this hole. <laughs> I didn't my know God. squirrels liked uh, pumpkins, but mine mine apparently <laughs> do.
1: Well since since our original interview did not get released as a podcast, I do want to revisit some of those questions for anyone that doesn't know enough about my friend Carolyn here. And I want you to tell me uh, how you got into comedy writing. When did you know that that was for you?
0: You know, I, 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 I was just thinking about this other, because I think even going back before, probably after we spoke, I do remember there's this one thing <laughs> that my um, my sister was being teased and... I wasn't being teased, but it was, so I, I felt like I was sort of removed and my mother gave her permission to like, say stuff back to them. Like, you know, they just, and I was just like, wait a minute. And I was like, can any of us say stuff back to them? And I was like, she was like, yeah. And then I was, I was a little bit removed. So I wasn't as emotionally. I was just like, come on, say something because I want to say stuff back to them and it'll be completely okay. And, uh <laughs> Yeah and then I remember that was like I think that really was the first time I was excited by like the improv you know what I didn't I realized later what I liked about improv where you're like you don't know what's going to happen you got to wait till they say the thing then you got to come up with your thing to come back to it and yeah then I then it was improv I really liked improv I started getting into that into in college I think I just liked to perform so when I was Going to school, I did a lot of theater, and then when I went to college, I was in a band and I was doing theater, but then when I went to UCLA, I transferred to UCLA, I had to make the decision to be either a theater major, but I was a design major, or I couldn't take any of the classes, and Mm. at the University of Hawaii, I could be a declared design major, but I could take all the theater classes. It was fine. So the only outlet I had was to join the improv group that performed at the um, coffee shop. Wow! So I did, and I really loved improv, and that led to doing sketches, and I I wrote sketches, and yeah, and then I did the groundlings for a little while, and then was in this group for a while, and we had our own little sketch show that we put on called Midnight (laughs) Madness that ran for a couple of years, and Then uh, that was actually one of the guys in that group, his sister came to see our shows and she saw sketches that I wrote and I was getting like a lot of the reviews would note the sketches that I wrote. And so she, and she liked them and she was a writer at that point was working for a show called Night Court. And then Mm, she had her own show and I was working in a literary agency and she called and, you know, I was like, mask was calling to like connect her and she's like it's nancy Scene, and i was like oh nancy it's it's carolyn and she was like oh what are you doing and then i told her that i worked there and then she told my boss you know your your assistant is a good writer you should represent her and then he came out he was like if she writes will you hire her and she was like well tell her to give me a script and so i was like okay and he he let me go home (laughs) and write a script he he gave me like a couple days off of work and i i didn't, I I wrote a script in like four days. Cause, and, uh, then she hired me and yeah, it was, was pretty amazing. (laughs) That's how I got
1: here. Wow. What a, what a, what a wild story. That's so cool. Um, well, you know, you started working on the Simpsons in 98. Um, what was it like to come to a show like that and how did that really happen?
0: That was it was really intimidating. I was thinking about that too because like, I'd been on um, other shows with they were just a little more just a little more easygoing. I wrote for Full House and a few other things like that. And I was just thinking about that the other day how like on Full House, I remember if there, if there was a script available, they'd be like, "Well, give it to the new person. They should have some, you know, they sh- they should have some practice." And um, and at the sense is it's not that we to say that it's competitive, it's not like people are cutthroat, but everybody is still trying. Like there's, there's none of that, like, like in a lot of other shows that I had been on, and I, I had been on about seven or eight seasons of shows before I wow. got on The Simpsons. There is a sense of like people being there and sort of more relaxing into it and, and being a little more over it. And I, I just feel like at The Simpsons, everybody's always trying. And so you've got to be always trying and at the top of your game too, because not that people aren't, people are supportive and friendly and helpful, but, but, you know, like when we have a pitch out, everybody, you know, nobody's going to go, well, let's let you have it because you're new, you know, you there, they're, right. they want that script too, you know? So you got to yeah. like, I do think that comedy has gotten better. <laughs> and, uh, you know, at the time when the Simpsons came out, it was sort of more of a bleak landscape of, that sounds bad, but it's true. there was not there was there was a lot of network run stuff, so even if you had something funny, they would sort of turn it into this with their notes and stuff they would sort of turn it into this kind of cookie cutter lame shit but but you know I, I feel like comedy has gotten better I, I bet now that's it's more the norm that every writing room is is more that like you know you got to be at the top of your game because everybody's everybody's trying
1: (laughs) right well you know and and the simpsons the simpsons created a standard for comedy that i feel like shows have tried to live up to since then so like you know regardless of what the you know the state of comedy might have been at the in the beginning eventually it became a lot more of uh you know a bar to that i think
0: i totally agree i i was because i was when the simpsons came on i was a comedy writer i wasn't on that show so i was like looking at the show like Whoa, look what they get to do <laughs> It's so good, like it's so funny, and it's so and they're they're and and now a lot of the stuff that seems so revolutionary and new is is pretty much like that's what everybody does now, but you know yeah yeah it is it's true they they did really. I do think the biggest thing was that to, to get them, to lure them to Fox, Fox agreed to not give them any notes. And that was a really rare thing. And other shows that had were uh, at that time, the only shows that were any good (laughs) were shows that were for some reason or another weren't getting notes. And I do think that it's, it's just such a weird thing that this, It still exists a little bit, but there was this concept that like, well, you've got to have some dude from the, or woman from the studio give notes and and the network give notes, because otherwise these artists will just be crazy and they're, you know, like as if we didn't want to have a hit show, you know, because... The, the people writing the shows, they want it to be good. They want people to like it too. But <laughs> instead, you get these notes from people who've never written anything.
1: It's crazy. It was
0: a weird thing. And that's why I think TV at, at one point was really bad. And now it's, I think, is going through a big renaissance, you know, and, and it, it really is. I think from shows like HBO and Netflix, and, and I, I'm not, I don't know. I've never worked for them. I, I just assumed that they're, it feels like they let people have more freedom. Even as far as like for Sopranos, they would let Sopranos be like, um, season's not ready yet. So it's not going to start in September. Like that was like, what? But you have to, like the machine is going, but they were like, no, it's not ready. It's going to, it's going to be, it's going to come out when we say it comes out and that, well, all right, that's what we did. And, and it, it, yeah, I, I think it is being a little more driven now by the people who actually create it. And, and there's not so much these like young development executives who've moved from like marketing and then now they're like now you're going to give notes to these writers and it's like (laughs) you kind of want to go well well let's see your writing sample (laughs) because right if you have the final say on whether or not the family has to have a dog now then like you know let's see what you've written and and why you have the authority you know I, i do think that or having less of those network and studio note type things
1: Oh, sure. Well, and the and, and Sopranos is a great example of that because the Sopranos is, you know, regarded as one of the best shows ever. And I, I have to say, I agree. Um, I actually just did a complete rewatch of it over uh, this uh, last year when I've had plenty of free time.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, it was fantastic. And I, you know, I think that's also a testament to how good shows are. Is also that's why none of us can ever decide what to watch. That's why we all have option paralysis all the time because there's just too much good stuff to watch. Yeah, on TV.
0: yeah, it's true. And and you know, I remember when The Sopranos came out. I'd gone to like pitch a, a TV show to some people, and it was just weird. It it had a little bit of a of a mafia theme to it. And, and they were just like, as soon as I said mafia, they're like, no, no, we're not doing those. Maf- mafia just doesn't work. And I was like, really? And it was just, they would have these certain edicts They'd be like, nope, that one, no, we don't do that. And, and it's like, shortly after it was like, okay, well, look, see, it works. <laughs> you can't just yeah. like say no to everything.
1: Well, you know, in, in addition to, to writing on The Simpsons, you've done so much on the show, um, including a lot of voice directing. Can you give me a quick rundown of what that process is like?
0: Um, So generally after the table read, we usually, our table reads are usually on Thursday. Well, we used to, it used to be that the record of it would be on Monday. Now we've actually done it so that the record is the next Monday. We, Mm. so we have a whole week to, um, the first record is on that Monday it used to be again. Things have changed so much. I mean, now it's very <laughs> different. But right the, when I first was there, or early on, it, it was it would almost be like a radio show. We'd have most of the cast there, and it would be from like it wouldn't take that long from like ten till about two in the afternoon. They would all be behind music stands, and we'd say, okay, in this <laughs> scene we have these guys, and then they would sort of play off of each other. And then you know, it was just as the years went by you know, Harry lives in New Orleans and London and Julie spends part of her time in Michigan and New York. And Hank now has moved to New York. Now the records are like, okay, you got Dan and, and Yardley and Nancy and sometimes just Dan and Yardley or whatever. And it would just sort of, and then we just, now we just sort of do them separately. And they're they're so good. I tend to let them just do whatever they want the first take. And then sometimes it's surprising, like, wow, we didn't even think of that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll usually, especially if it's not a script, not my script, I'll, I'll try and like, you know, either because I was there, I know what they were going for, or, I, you know, I can just tell, you know, so I, I, I try to make sure that we really get what the writer was trying to go for. So we always get at least a couple like that. And then, Often, you know, the, the actors themselves will have something that they'll go, well, can I just try something and like, and, and we're always like, yeah, yeah, let's see. <laughs> Hank will like, after you get, after Hank has given you pretty much what's as written, then he'll give you a different thing each time, like with little different ad libs. And, and so, and like for Frank, like he loves to do Frank. You almost have to kind of <laughs> like, okay. You know, we only got so much time <laughs> in the studio because he'd be like, Oh wait, I'll do another one. And then he, he we often just end his lines with freak noise. And then he will like, you know, glavens and the whatever's in the lazy. <laughs> it's so funny and he loves it.
1: That's so good. Well, you know, even when I had David Silverman on, uh, he would talk about how sometimes the animators, uh, they would get such a crazy read from Dan that they would feel like they almost had to animate to that because Dan would just do these elaborate, crazy, funny reads. Um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's really like fun to watch them in their element like that.
0: Yeah. There's a, one of my first episodes was, um, little big mom and there's this scene where Homer goes, he's skiing. It's just before stupid, sexy Flanders. He's skiing (laughs) and his skis spread And he's like, he goes, oh, this is the worst pain ever. And then he starts getting hit in the crotch with moguls. (laughs) I just remember, like, explain he's going to get hit with these moguls. So it's going to be like an, ow, oh, 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 you know, there's like, and he's like, oh, okay. And then he just did it. (laughs) And that's, that's like the vocal you hear is Dan just going, oh, this is the worst pain ever. Oh, and then just doing these like rhythmic ows. And then they animated to that. But it was... Dan is is amazing.
1: Yeah, no, Dan, Dan is a treasure. I think it's because, you know, people like Dan and Julie uh, are a little more under the radar than some of the other voice actors. So I feel like people really just... Wish they could see more of them, but they stay away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's funny. Dan and and Julie both didn't like people to see them doing the characters. I think Julie actually thought it took away some of the magic. And I, I love that. Yeah, I
1: actually love that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if only you know, at table reads and stuff, like people, it's it's, I, I still feel that way. Like, it's so cool to watch them do, and it's cool to watch them do scenes with themselves i'm sure you know it's it's like you see that a lot with dan and with homer and grandpa dan will often you know i used to think before i was on the show i used to think well they must just do record dan doing homer and then (laughs) come back and maybe put the homer in his ear but he really just talks to himself and um amazing and, and harry this burns and smithers and
1: I really can't imagine it because I'm the same way. I would always assume that like, oh, well, he'll record this and maybe someone does it for him. And then he, you know, goes on top of it or whatever. But, uh, but thinking about Harry talking to himself as Burns and Smithers mm-hmm. really does blow my mind. It really yeah.
0: does. He actually on his radio show does like, sometimes he'll do like George Bush talking to George W. Bush, like or things like that. And it be, he does, he I don't know. I went to ask him. I said, how are you doing that? Because he's actually was overlapping himself too. And he was like, and he wow. was like it's a secret. I'm not going to tell you. So I don't. Know how he does that.
1: Maybe but, he's got some sort of weird delay. I don't know. That's his secret. I don't know.
0: I think he has a doppelganger. <laughs> he has maybe. created maybe. a clone. <laughs> it's the prestige. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, Yeah, it's a, uh, it's pretty. And, you know, Dan, he does this amazing thing where like, I remember one time there, there was he, – he was doing – the guy who played Dr. Smith from the old Lost in Space. Oh, yeah. You know? um, yeah. And I, I first thought, said, like, oh, did we get the guy? Because it sounded so much like him. And then, but then when he said the line, I was like, no, no, that's probably not, that's probably not the guy. <laughs> I don't know if he would want to do that line. Um, but uh, so I know that Dan can do an incredible, uh, you know, spot on – but then sometimes you'll go, okay, Homer doing that Dr. Smith. And so he'll it'll it'll be Homer doing a pretty good Dr. Smith, but there's still Homer in there. Like he can layer them like that. That's that to me is mind blowing <laughs> that, no, that you can it, do both of those things. And
1: it's truly mind blowing. I mean, and even like, you know, singing as him and all that sort of I mean, that's just really, really incredible stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. Homer singing is like my favorite thing.
1: It is great. I love it too.
0: There was, there was a one pot show, the early, early one, like the medical marijuana, when he gets his eyes picked up with micros um, <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know if it made it actually. He, it was just that Marge is listening outside and Dan is, and Homer's in there singing rocket man. And um, it is so funny. And we just did so many versions of, and it was just Dan singing as Homer. Very stoned and singing Rocket Man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. So you know we'll we'll get to the Halloween goodness because this will be the last episode of October. So I wanted to make oh, yeah. it you know pretty focused on Halloween and I wanted to you know talk about some good Halloween stuff. Um, before we actually get into the ones that you worked on specifically, do you have a favorite treehouse?
0: I I do. I let's see. I do like the um, where Lisa has the tooth that has grown into a civilization.
1: yeah, um, that's or, one of my favorites too. So
0: I'm, I'm specifically trying not to do ones that I did.:
1: uh, <laughs> That's okay: if No it's no, no favorite. no, because uh,
0: uh, no there, I mean I love the I mean, I love the raven. I love the butterfly effect. Mm, <laughs> I actually yeah. really love the fly yeah, I love that yeah. <laughs> at first, it's just so he doesn't have to go all the way to the kitchen. <laughs> No, yeah, there's so many.
1: Got one for every day of October. Now it's it's really tough to pick a I know, favorite. I've, I've been I I've been digging through them uh, this whole month, and it it gets really hard. I always my default answer is four because you have Vampire Burns, you have Donut Head Homer, like that one's um, good. I, I just I, I mean you just have so many memorable ones from from four. So that's the that's the way the one I always go to. But you know, you mentioned the Lisa one, Genesis Tub. I love that one. Um, I mean, I think Treehouse rarely if ever misses but it's so hard to pick a favorite
0: yeah it occasionally misses uh but uh <laughs> i it's weird i don't think of them i know sometimes don't think of them in the groupings of the show i think of them as many different segments
1: yeah it. and it gets hard to remember which one's yeah. going which i mean literally as i'm talking about my favorite i'm like wait is that the one <laughs> you
0: know yeah no it's i'm always impressed when people like no like the number of things because I even so many times I'll go, yeah, I think that was probably season twenty-six and they'll be like, No, that was season 14. I'm like, oh really? <laughs> I just felt like it was just just a couple years ago.
1: Just but- a couple of years ago. <laughs> no, it, it's really hard. Well, one of your first writing credits on The Simpsons is actually a treehouse segment where dolphins rise up and take the land back from the humans. Uh, I know a little bit about this but what really inspired this story can you can you tell me what made that come
0: up It was a couple of ones it was it was really to do the birds with an animal that that you think is friendly but I had actually seen a uh documentary and it was a, a weird documentary where it was like dolphins are not as nice as you think it. <laughs> and it was basically that like that they pull people out to see just as often as they save people. Um, but you know, I I mean, they're wild animals. So, you know, everybody thinks that they're going to go put a hula hoop on a wild dolphin and he'll let you ride them.
1: Yeah. You got to cut them some slack guys. I
0: mean, they, they, people get bitten by them, but you know, because they have a little smile and they, they, I do think that I do think most of the time they're good, but I thought that there was something funny about the fact that they're such beloved characters. I, we've done this a couple of times in the first episode I wrote that, Little Big Mom. There was, and actually, we'd done it before, where the, you know, Lisa comes upon a bunch of deer and it's like, <laughs> oh, they're so beautiful. And then they growl and they come at her. And there's just something really funny about that to me. And I think there was something sort of in that same way about like dolphins, friend of man, and like for them to turn against us. And, um, you know, I just I I just I love all animals and anything that's as interesting as a dolphin of course, you know, you know all sure. these weird little facts and then so the thing that they would do where they can and when you think about it, the, you know, the dolphins do that thing called a tail walk where like if this is the water and this is the dolphin, they go and they're on their tail and they're going yeah. like, that's amazing that you could get that most of your body out of the water and move yourself backwards and they're giant with just the tail. But I thought it's so funny and I thought it would be interesting if they walked on the earth. In that way.
1: Uh, <laughs> you get the great joke of, uh, you know, the little Free Willy parody where it smacks Lisa in the face with a tail. Yeah. I mean, these are really great jokes.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that they would they would get revenge on us. And uh,
1: <laughs> I, love, I love the joke where he clears his throat and he just speaks perfect English. I mean, I think that's so funny every time. Yes. He's just making all these weird noises and then, <clears throat> no, sorry. You know, like that's, I think that's really great. It always kills me.
0: Well, have you ever, have you seen Day of the Dolphin? No. It works, even though it shouldn't. But it's like George C. Scott, and they're training these dolphins, and they're they're teaching them to talk, and they're like they get them to go like so. It it sounds kind of like they sort of have that like like so it's like he'll it starts and his name is Alpha, so but he'll go fa love pa, and they're like it's. It's really good. It oh, my God. Sounds, it's, but it's also kind of ridiculous. And also that it's George C. Scott. And there's, like, this one scene where he has, to like, send it away. And he's like, no, pa, no, love Paul. You know, like, it's, oh it's, my God. it's really funny. But, yeah, so when he first comes out and comes to the stand, he basically is talking like the doll from where he's just like, man, no. And then he's like, oh, sorry, I'm <laughs> sorry. And then he just gets <laughs> able to speak like Harry Shearer in his radio
1: that's really funny and also um they use that in the simpsons game i just thought about that there's a level where you're actually fighting dolphins
0: oh really okay yeah <laughs> yes yeah i know I, some, somebody was talking about like one of their favorite uh stage directions and it's not mine because I, I think it was ian was running the room when we're it, it but the, the stage direction at one point when they fight back against the dolphins it was like dr hibbert gets busy with his hypodermics or something and he's like stabbing these dolphins with the <laughs> hypodermic. Meal. Uh, it's, it's, it's really good. Yeah. That was, that was a fun one. Actually one of my favorite <laughs> jokes that we, that we're so proud that we got through like, at one point Homer has this like stirring monologue of like all the great things that man has achieved and he does sneak in. We've invented, I can't even remember like pudding cups and the glory hole. And we're like, yes, we have the glory. <laughs> like it's got past, uh, standards and practices. Cause maybe they, um, maybe they thought we were talking about the dolphin. Yeah. Something, they, something. They
1: something else. Yeah, they, they didn't catch that. Um, <laughs> Well, so the 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 next treehouse segment that you worked on is a little more obvious, Wiz Kids, uh based on Harry Potter. Um, but what I find super interesting about this, and I actually didn't realize it until I was uh thinking about it for this interview, is that it actually came out two days before or the movie came out two days before the episode. So it's not like the movie had been out, you know, the book had been out, but it's not like there was reference for the movie.
0: It was it was very hard because At that point, I think only book four had come out. And there was a time when there was a baby boom on The Simpsons when we went from like two of us having kids to like most of us have kids except for two of us. And um, (laughs) But at that time, it was like most of us didn't. Although Selman and I both had read the books and were really into it. I think I remember getting... I think it was book four from him as my birthday present. Like we understood that we liked these books. Um, wow. It was a struggle getting people to understand this is a popular thing. And even, um, you know, even like we're, the designs, it was like they were, I was saying it should be, the robes should be, it should look almost like a, it should be reminiscent of like a private school blazer with a little emblem but it's a robe because they wanted to make it look like fantasia with a pointy hat and stars and moons and i'm like no no they're like it's not it's not magical enough and i was like you know like a striped t-shirt's not the scariest thing but if you're doing a freddy krueger parody it should look like freddy krueger so this should look like harry potter it was a lot of it was a it was kind of an uphill battle um but and I was, it, I was saying, cause of course we're like a year, you know, I was like the, the movies coming out at the time. I thought it was going to come out after, but sometimes we do go late into November instead of, I mean, not late, right. but past Halloween. Um, so I was like, like this year. <laughs> oh yes. That's right.
1: Come on baseball.
0: I know. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that's why, that's why it, uh, the other times too, but this is, I I'm, don't remember it ever being like this where we canceled and moved, but you know it's weird happens uh but yeah it was it was a little bit of an uphill battle to get people on board because not everybody understood the phenomena i was trying to like showing them articles like no kids are spending the night for a book and they're like a book really like (laughs) yes this is this is a thing
1: no it's it's a very it's a very funny one there's a lot of really funny drawings in it and uh, if you're like me, you just pretend that J.K. Rowling doesn't have the internet and doesn't say anything stupid online.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. At first I thought she would, made a mistake, but then she dug in.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I just, uh, as far as I'm concerned, she's never been on Twitter at all. So uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, <laughs> I know,
0: it's, it's too bad.
1: It is, it is definitely too bad. Uh, so you fast forward a little bit to Treehouse 22, um, which you are the credited writer on, Um, and anyone who doesn't remember, you have references to Spider-Man, Dexter, Avatar. I also, I really love Bart, uh, and Maggie's alien costume, which they actually just made into a Funko pop. Did you see that?
0: No. Okay. I got to get that.
1: Well, Carolyn, no one at home can see this, but I'm going to show Carolyn right now. So they actually did just make.
0: Oh, oh, that's excellent.
1: Yeah. And I don't, I don't love Funko pops, but this thing is pretty great.
0: All right, I gotta get that. I gotta try. Yeah, you gotta get that. I, gotta, like, I love.
1: I love that they just like. Oh, they call him like Space Man Bart or something, but <laughs> it's, you know, we all know what the reference is. But um, you know, what what was it like to 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 work on that episode? What do you remember about that?
0: That was really good. That was an early. Um, that was when we first decided to try this thing, and we and we did it for several years, where we would have these big pitch out meetings with Jim Brooks, which we had done before, they had done before, but. Early, early on, and then, but it was weird because I'd been there a while, and all of a sudden it was like, okay, now we're gonna have this pitch out day with Jim Brooks, and it was really strange to see people that you know, you were, we pitch all the time, but now we're there with these papers, and their hands are shaking, and they're talking too fast, and um, <laughs> I had I had this idea for the diving bell and the butterfly, and it just. I don't know. It, it felt like it needed... I, I was like, oh, this will work because if I have an audience, it'll sell it. And it did. It like People really laughed. And, you know, it's a very controversial episode, at least, like, the, our fans don't like it. Or like, there's, like, there's certain episodes, like, you know, that the fan sites don't like, and this is one of them. Um, and I actually was at, like, a, a Halloween convention type thing, and they were like, this isn't a horror movie. What happened? Did you run out of horror movies? And I was like, I... They're not all horror. Like The Raven's not a horror movie and, you know, right. like uh it's actually a horrifying I don't know if you ever saw The Diving Bell, The Butterfly and the Diving Bell?
1: No, I'm 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 familiar with it, but I don't think I ever watched it. I, I know sort of the premise, but
0: It's it's like it's a really beautiful movie. And if you, if you watch it, I'll let you know that at first you will... Because at first I was watching, like, I don't think I can handle this. Because it's about a guy who gets paralyzed and is stuck inside this... He's fully conscious, so it's a lot of it is his voiceover. And it's just oh, wow. him looking out and the people re- reacting with him. And he learns to, like, blink and spell out words. And at first you think, like, it's going to be so claustrophobic to watch this movie. But he actually... It's a true story, and wow. it's based on the book that this guy wrote by blinking. And so. um
1: Wow. I that's, know, that's wild.
0: Yeah. So for me, I, I think, and, and, and for other people who were familiar with the book, you know, like I remember because t- Dan Castellaneta is, you know, he's very familiar with the book. When I first told him the idea, he, it was, I think one of the biggest laughs I got from Dan. So I was like, okay, I'm on, I'm onto something because <laughs> there is something there about just this, this art house movie and that. And I, I think some people think it's it's just so cheap because it's farts, <laughs> but, <laughs> but.
1: I will say when you read the description of that segment, like even if you go to like Wikipedia and read the, like when you read it, it sounds a little ridiculous. Yes. Even though I think it's funny.
0: (laughs) Yes. But when you see it, like I thought, I feel like it's actually sort of a moving scene when Lisa's reading, you know, she's reading to him because she thinks you're you're so trapped in your body. Here, I'll read you this boring, I think she's reading him Dostoevsky or something that, and he's like, oh God, (laughs) stop. And, and, uh, he needs to find. Oh, and then she spills stuff on him, and he needs to tell her. And then the only thing he could do, <laughs> and he farts, and and it's it's. I think it was you know. So even though it's a controversial episode, people don't like it. I actually like that scene, and I like I actually like the way that plays because it's it's actually a little touching because it's it, the scene in Diving Bell and the Butterfly when they discover that oh he those blinks are, he's in there, you know, it's, it's a touching moment. And I feel like it's kind of a touching moment. It is too, where she realizes, Oh my God, we could communicate if you can, yeah. since you can fart it. well." Um, I originally had the ending was when, when they're dancing and then Marge puts her finger on his button, and says, Shh, no more words. And um, <laughs> that was how I, I ended it. But of course, you know, Al's favorite comic book character is Spider-Man, and so he, I couldn't have Homer get bitten by a spider and and not expect that <laughs> and it was gonna not do a little bit, a bit of Spider-Man and uh, and then so yeah, so they just it kind of does take a turn and become another thing. I feel like it does have a feeling of like ending twice, but. <laughs> say that i really like the way the animators just just him like coming in and he's just like supposed to be so heroic and he's just like bumping against the wall and stuff <laughs> oh it's funny. funny no
1: i i think there's a lot of stuff that's funny about it and for anyone that complains about there being tree houses that are not horror based i mean guys do you realize how many of these there are like they have to try some some stuff to to like you know there's a lot there's a lot out there to mine for for comedy yeah,
0: and 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 i don't think they should all be like i I think a lot of them are parodies of horror movies but i don't know that they all should be in fact like brian kelly did one where springfield gets like a particle accelerator and creates a they create a black hole and then yeah lisa and then people start using it to throw their trash in and they're oh no it's getting bigger and every once in a while people would start pitching things that were parodies of black hole movies and he was like no no the, the thing he really wanted was he wanted to like i want to come up with my own movie i don't want to not do a parody um just because we always do and there's that too where it's just like you know I, I don't think we always have to do the thing that we do we should sometimes do a different thing
1: yeah and then some of some of my favorite uh triage segments are ones that are not that are clearly not based on horror movies and you know, they don't, they can't all be Twilight Zone and they can't all be, you know, scary axe murderer stuff. I mean, I think, I think some of those that go a different place are some of the, the best ones. So,
0: yeah, uh, I mean, it was, uh, I, I do remember the the, the Dexter <laughs> one that was also like I had pitched a much darker version, and Jim Brooks was like into it. And so he's like, no, we got to do it. And then, then Matt Grane was like, okay, well, okay, let's do it. But just don't make him a serial killer. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> How are we going to do Dexter? He has to be a serial killer. How be a serial killer? So I felt like, cause then, so then we started adding this whole thing that Homer was God and making him, it was, I, I wanted it to be more that, you know, that cause it was a trios that, you know, Ned had a dark side and just purely for the same reasons that, dexter had of like it might seem bad but i'm doing what i think is is good work and uh, right. but you know of course he his his rules would be different from what dexter's rules were they would be more about like no this guy's got to go um, <laughs> and then i do remember like we at one point we're going to do there's always a, the one spot that's kind of sometimes gets changed out and changed out and um so at first willie was a grave digger but he actually knew who was going to die or actually like once he prepared, <laughs> it was this weird thing that, and then, uh, then there was this moment where they were, they were saying that that segment was going to be in 3D. And they were going to, like, send 3D glasses in the newspaper or something. <laughs> everything <laughs> people could watch it. and it would, So I was like, yeah, all right. And so we're like, think of 3D things. And I remember we were all like, okay, oh, hey, let's just not do Avatar, though. Because Avatar was the big 3D movie. And that's just <laughs> – so we were trying all these different things. I was like, Coraline. Well, we did eventually do a Coraline thing. And, which is which
1: is another great one.
0: Yeah. and And we tried it. And then it was like then – I just remember we pitched all these other three D movies, and then yeah, let's just do Avatar. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. So, <laughs> uh, we did Avatar, but then when when I thought about it, that um, first of all, I thought we'll just do Avatar, and like, oh wait, we don't have to do blue people. They could they could be they can be Kang and Kodos. and uh, yeah. So that was, and then we didn't do the three D thing. Like they tested it, and they were like, "This is expensive." I was thinking, like, how are we going to get glasses out <laughs> to the general public to watch this episode?
1: There's a really, there's a really great poster for that tree. I do think it's one of the best treehouse posters. I love it. You have like the family in the top left with the, you know, the all their Halloween costumes on, and then you have Kane and Kodos in the middle. It's really, I, I really like that uh, poster design. Um, the treehouse did eventually do like they did. They sent out these like viewfinders. I can't remember which treehouse that was for, but they sent out these things where you could literally. Um, it was like a virtual reality oh, headset. Yeah. The the
0: the little cardboard thing you put your phone in. Yeah. Yes that was that was really hard to, to write for because it was sure. it, it was all like it, it was based on an, a couch gag that we had done i think right like it was like where they like like the valley of wild couches but yeah now all of a sudden because you, you're trying to write this script What's like if you look up there's this happening and if you look here there's this happening and this and it's all i, I it'll be interesting once vr becomes a thing that people write a lot i would be very interested in seeing how they write their scripts because it, it was hard to like eventually we just had to make like four different tracks you know you it, oh you couldn't uh and then just sort of know that these are all happening at the same time but not <laughs> these and yeah it, it's it's a it's it, it'd be hard to write stories for that, but uh, right to, you well know,
1: any anyone anyone listening to this that doesn't know what i'm talking about that was a cool thing um you had to like you know get this little viewfinder sent and put your phone in and it's like full of Easter eggs and funny little stuff. And, uh, I, I have one in this room, but I can't remember which, uh, I can't remember which treehouse it is. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to guess, but it was really cool and it's actually a cool little item to have the little, the little viewer.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna, now I have was... to know
1: which one it is. So I'm going to, I'm going to just cut this if I have to, but I'm going to look <laughs> up and see which one because I'm literally see, I can see it across the room. It looks like it says 600.
0: It might be. Is it, but it is, it, is was it was it was, was it a treehouse or maybe it wasn't even a treehouse
1: no it was it, it was,
0: it was uh, a long couch gag
1: it was 600 which was the 28th season so i was wrong okay whatever
0: wow <laughs> wow long ago. It's, it's
1: what speaking of good posters it's got this one with maggie all all geared up and the 600 in the blood it's a great poster <laughs>
0: <laughs> we do good posters though yeah they um i don't know if you just saw like we just did a show a that was set in ancient Rome, and the uh, animators did uh, these posters that were so beautiful.
1: Yeah, I was really, I was really bugging uh, the Simpsons Twitter, hoping they would send me one, but they didn't. Because they yeah. sent me, a, they sent me a Treehouse one uh, last year.
0: I don't think me. they exist yet as a printed item yet. They're they're mm, they're, okay. they're just, uh, I mean, I I haven't seen it in that format yet. But, I
1: love that. I love yeah. that episode. So I definitely want, I want that poster. Um, I mean, as if I have anywhere to put it, but (laughs) I want it anyway.
0: You'll build another room to
1: have. Eventually. Maybe, maybe if I'm nice enough to my wife one day, she'll let me move it slightly into another room.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, so you also uh, wrote my, I want to talk about this because I love, this is one of my favorite episodes of the Simpsons and it's the only non treehouse Halloween episode of the Simpsons. Halloween of horror. Well, you know, what was it like to do an episode that was so different from the normal tradition of the Halloween episode for the show?
0: Well, that was, you know, it was really great because every it was, you know, we all clearly love Halloween. And, and not just us as, as writers on the show, but like um, Mike Anderson, who is um, the supervising animation director, uh, he, he directed that which uh, he, he doesn't direct uh, episodes all the time now because he's so busy supervising directing. Right. Uh, but so that was like a, a real, like, yes, because one he's Mike Anderson and he's brilliant, but two, he's, he loves Halloween too. And, and so there was a lot of stuff because we hadn't done, you know, we we'd done the Simpsons, you know, I think there was a tree where they went trick or treating, but, um, you know, and they turned into stretch dude and clobber girl, but mm-hmm. uh, to to do one that was really about actual people at Halloween. So there were a lot of stories and a lot of things and, and being a parent and and other things. So all of that stuff, you know, we usually have this sort of beginning part of story breaking where everybody just sort of, tell stories that they love about different things. And and we had talked about, Halloween, you know, like the horror nights at at Universal and things like that. And uh, I, I remember Scully talking about taking his daughters there with her friends. And he's like, it's expensive, you know, <laughs> it costs <laughs> a lot. And then you go, you walk in and then they're like, we, we want to go. We don't like this. And it's like, wait, what, it costs a lot of money. Uh, but yeah, so there was there was so much stuff. We had so much background to work with, and then um, I knew that I wanted it to be an actually scary. I wanted it to actually and I was trying to think like what could actually be scary and to me those type of movies are the scariest the the ones where it's about there's somebody just outside the door and for some reason they want to try and get into your house and and you know it's not a monster it's not a vampire it's a human being who weirdly wants to get into your house and uh I do remember even because Nick Kroll who's so funny and he's but he's also is a good actor I I even remember like watching the Nick the Kroll show there's that one like Wheels Ontario where it's like the it's the silliest thing but there's this one point where he gets shot by his friend and then his mother comes to see him in the hospital and I was like crying and I'm like why am I crying this is such it's such a ridiculous sketch and I'm let but the the (laughs) acting it was him and Catherine Hahn and they both were so realistic and anyway so he is a good actor and there were Times when he came in later to do ADR, where he was just like, "We're coming to get you." <laughs> I was just like, "Wait, that's it's too, too scary." <laughs> like, it's, it's you know, he, there's a little girl in the house. I mean, it just you, you don't want to get too worried about her. But it, it really was it was legitimately scary, and so I was, I was happy about that. And I was also happy that there was so there's so many Halloweens there, and there's the you know, Halloween horror Halloween, and there's the cheesy store-bought spirit Halloween store thing, and then there's the, the goofy <laughs> Halloween at school with the baby ghosts, and then there's the Martha Stewart perfect <laughs> Halloween, and then there's, you know, then there's the sexy grown-up inappropriate hit-on-your-co-workers type Halloween, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was such a, an ask. Of our animators, and they really, really delivered. And I just felt like that was just a really great episode where, in the writer's room, everybody was just firing on all cylinders because it was so funny and it was stuff we hadn't been able to really explore, even though it was something we really liked. And then the animators just really went to town. It was just such a well animated episode. And then I thought the music was really. Extraordinary,
1: fantastic,
0: yeah, and it was very fulfilling for an episode. I believe is it season. I'm terrible. Is it twenty seven?
1: Twenty seven. No, you're Yeah, right.
0: to you know, I, I remember watching the scoring, and I had asked for there was a there's an instrument called a waterphone. They run the the uh, like a drumstick around the edge of it, and it'll it sounds this really discordant like clanging noise, but also you can Bump it, and they and they do fill it with water. Like so many weird. If you just Google it on on, you'll see on YouTube somebody playing it, and you'll go, "Oh, I know all those sounds." So I knew I wanted to come to that that scoring session. But beyond those things, that moment when she sets Tayley on fire, and you know they conduct and they play and there's something about a live orchestra too is also it's so different
1: yeah and right.
0: someone and i were just watching this and we both got all teary and it was like wow we've we've edited this we've writ- rewritten it we have looked at we have you know we have this we should be so bored with this and then watching this scoring we were like oh my god this is so <laughs> great and it was it was a really nice feeling
1: yeah well any Anyone that hasn't watched that episode, which you're you're a maniac if you haven't, it is literally one of my favorite episodes because, you know, I love Halloween. I love that it's it feels separate from that normal treehouse universe, and I really love the tone of the characters in that episode. Like, I feel like Homer's more of a father figure. He's a little more grounded. I mean, it's just really great. There's so many elements to that episode that are so good. Even in the beginning, you know, I mentioned this. Our last interview, when Ned is like, "Oh, are you doing the three thing?" And he's like, I ah, no, we're doing it next week." You know, people love it. Whatever. Like, it just has this. It really feels fully realized. Like, it's a really, really great episode. So, as as a, a total nerd for the show, I do I do put it pretty high up. <laughs> yeah, it's,
0: it's you know, there's there's a couple moments. Like, there's a moment when Homer when she's had the breakdown at Krusty Land. And she jumps into his arm and he holds her that way. And like, you know, I just remember that feeling like you do still hold your eight-year-olds sometimes like their three-year-olds. It's not as often, but there is that feeling, especially (laughs) when they're scared. And it's such a sweet moment because we don't really see Homer doing that. We really wanted to to make sure that once the danger started being real, that Homer is is definitely going to step up. And uh, I'd seen a thing where somebody was saying they, the one thing they didn't like was they didn't like how Taley came out of nowhere. But I do think that's something that like maybe is a, is a parent thing. There are these little love objects that aren't quite, not really an eight year old, but like three, four year olds, they'll get this little object sometime that they, love my nephew used to have a the tail of it his was the tail of Fivel the mouse from american tail and the tail was l- like it, it reminded me of like a robe belt you know it was just it was just a flat square thing and it was the tail was all brown it was it was it had stuff but he would sleep like he would just touch it to his face really softly and he couldn't sleep without it and uh it, you know, it was a thing that I do know parents who would talk about, like, oh, remember that time we lost it, and then that—that that was another type of horror we wanted to like sort of show that. And I think that if it, maybe right. not everybody gets it, but like, and it would be a thing that like would have disappeared at an, as at eight years old, she wouldn't probably have it but because she's you know often when kids get scared they regress that's why she they it's taken out of a scrapbook and they're like oh no but right. so we we were trying to find a lot of different a lot of different horror tropes and that was one was just that oh Taylor's back that weird like shot from this really weird <laughs> angle and that it's just that the parents worst nightmare that this horrible thing would come back into their lives.
1: Well, anyone, anyone who would complain about her, uh, you know, that coming out of nowhere, guys, things come out of nowhere. <laughs> and the Simpsons, Well, yeah,
0: <laughs> because it's also like the the Simpsons is is all basically taking place in one year of their life, you know. So it's like, yeah, this is something that happened when she was, you know, younger. <laughs> now she's, it's, it's only right. um, coming back to visit her when she's eight years old. That's one thing, like, uh, it was a joke that came at the very end and I don't know if we got the best take, but I did think it was this great treacle cutter, but like at the end when, um, you know, Marge comes out and says, oh, what are you doing? And they're like, no, it's okay. Lisa's fine. And then, um, then Homer says, we burned daily. And like, they're supposed to be like high five, like, yes. And I just thought that was such a great, you know, treacle cutter of like, you know, it was such a emotional moment that it got, but then at the end, they're like, yeah, the thing is gone.
1: (laughs) It's so good. Yeah. That one's, that's a great one. And, you know, speaking of treehouse, you know, you guys should be excited about the one that's coming up, uh, because, you know, I saw it early thanks to the Paley panel. I mentioned this in the last episode and, uh, it's a good one. It's uh speaking of 3d segments, there's a great 3d segment. Um, it's very, very, very funny and, uh, and dark and it's good.
0: <laughs> yeah and uh Julia Prescott wrote it
1: she did i just had they were they were the last episode of the podcast and it was very fun so you guys should listen to that if you if you haven't
0: okay i'll um, definitely listen that's to that good.
1: Well, I got, you know, a, I've got a couple of fun ones to close us out here okay. because I normally talk about merchandise and stuff at the end of these, but anyone that didn't watch our video interview should go look at some of the amazing stuff Carolyn showed some of the coolest <laughs> stuff I've seen, uh, in a long time, including oh, a have, vacuum I didn't cleaner. I not
0: think of anything. I should, I do have more stuff, but I'll, I'll show you another time.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll do, we'll do another one sometime, but you got to go look at that stuff. She showed it was great. <laughs> Can't recommend that enough. Um, so I want to know what is your favorite Halloween costume that you've ever dressed up as,
0: um, I, when my son was really little, he wanted to be a, a policeman and I dressed up as a police dog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do it. I dress up a lot.
1: <laughs> oh, I hardly that? ever do. So I have like no good ones. Oh,
0: really? <laughs> yeah. I, I did not for Halloween, but I, when we did, uh, a viewing party, cause I wrote, the drag episode with my friend Robin Sayers, who lives in New York, and it was this. I was watching her dog and LA, and so it was around the same time I was flying back to deliver her dog, and I was like, "Let's just have a viewing party at a like a New York drag club or gay club and we'll watch the episode." And so I uh, we hired a drag queen makeup artist who used to be called Jan Sport, but uh, it was on Drag Race, but. Uh, Wow, they did it. She did our makeup, so we were like drag Patty and Selma, and it was really, I really liked it. It was, uh, and we had like yellow tights, and then like little ostrich feathers, hairs, just like just sticking off the the legs. So it was kind of <laughs> French and pretty, but it was also sort of disgusting because <laughs> it just like we had really long leg hairs and um, little automatic actor cigarettes and. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, sh- I should dress up more. I-, I was so lazy as a kid. I would always just be like a zombie or like, you know, something like really like, oh, throw a little blood on my, you know, <laughs> I'll be a vampire. Like, I just wanted the candy. And I always, even though I loved Halloween, for some reason, doing an elaborate costume was just never, um, never me. I don't know.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's really
1: boring of me to say.
0: I don't know. I think just, there's because maybe it's just in our blood. My son is really into, even if he doesn't, he doesn't even like want to trick-or-treat like he just even like i don't know he ha- we have no halloween plans other than dropping candy down a chute off the balcony um he, love that he's definitely there's some game character that's a japanese name that i don't know <laughs> that he's put together this really elaborate costume just i don't know what we're gonna oh, do with awesome. it because there's no trick-or-treating <laughs> no right. parties no i guess we'll just wear it
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely dressed up or I, I would trick or treated and just up until it was like not socially acceptable for my age. <laughs> treat. I loved, I just wanted the candy, um, which, which kind of does lead me to the, to the last question, which is what is your favorite all time Halloween candy or candy? And I will accept the top three.
0: I'm, I like a, I like a Reese's, um, classic. Like, you know, I, I just feel like, the different sizes give you a different experience, you know. Like the big one is very peanut buttery, and then like the little ones are there's more chocolate and crunchy edges. Um, but I'm also a Twix person. I'm am a chocolate person. I like I like my my, my son is <laughs> my son is into like the uh, Sour Patch Kids and the lollipops, and I used to love this thing called Spree. Because there were, were sweet oh, yeah. terms, but then there was Spree that had this sort of smooth coating. I don't know why. Something about that smoothness. It was, was...
1: It was sort of it was sort of chewy. Yeah, I remember Spree. Yeah. Does that not, still exist? Maybe that still exists.
0: I think it does. Because I think that, yeah, I think you can get it now. It was like a long roll because actually I think John Frank loves it. And sometimes it shows up at the... <laughs> at the...
1: <laughs> I do. I do love Sour Patch Kids. Um, I do. You know, I do. I really like Airheads and things like that. But you know, sometimes you just need a piece of chocolate. Sometimes you need a peanut butter cup. You need a Snickers. What's your favorite? Well, this is a boring answer, but I really, really love Twizzlers, and I've loved Twizzlers really? since I was a kid. And I, I can just destroy an entire pack of Twizzlers, uh, the original and the pull and peel. I have no problem with either. Um, so you know, I you know, not to not to take away from my chocolate statement because I do love chocolate, but uh-huh. I do tend to lean towards like a gummy, chewy. Soury kind of candy so
0: I do like I'm a I'm a licorice person So okay I used to like red Vines but then I, I used to go, I like the black red vines, and then I realized, oh, that's licorice. And I uh, it is a thing that <laughs> See, a lot of people don't like, that weird bitter taste. Is. But I love but it.
1: Well, I, I actually highly prefer Twizzlers to red vines. So I, I like I, I always would have people go, Oh, cool. So do you like red vines? I always prefer Twizzler, but I haven't had a red vine in forever. So Yeah,
0: I do think that's it's very yeah, the red vine people don't want to deal with Twizzlers and like I feel like it's it's kind of like
1: they're pretty different. Actually. You're gonna
0: yeah, you're gonna want one or the other.
1: <laughs> well, Twizzler is also, I, <laughs> this is so stupid. When I was a kid, I really liked biting both ends off and using it as a straw. I'm just a little, uh. I think.
0: <laughs> yes. No, I can. Because you can that. do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there was a, this weird candy, I think it was called lick stick or whatever. Do you remember it came in three sections and you had like a little stick that was like some kind of. Oh,
1: as a fun dip.
0: Fun dip, yeah, and then you'd lick it and you'd stick it in the sugar, and then you, it was just like, it's just a candy spoon that you're spooning sugar into your mouth with. <laughs> guess that's candy. <laughs> guess that's candy. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, it, I, I guess anything can be. I mean, there's some really weird candies like that that exist. So I, who knows what they were thinking when they created that? But I do have, I do have a candy dish full of. um, of sour patch kids right now. So, Ooh, I, th- I think fun. I'm with I think I'm with your son on that. You uh,
0: like sour.
1: <laughs> it's good. I w- almost wish they were more sour. Ooh. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I like the sour. Hardcore. <laughs> it's good. Well, uh Caroline, I can't thank you enough for coming on. You're awesome. Um it was great to to talk with you again and uh without any of the audio problems and this is oh, a really please. really fun chat about Halloween uh that which will drop like three days before halloween so it'll be perfect timing oh,
0: great and i'm 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 very much in the mood for halloween now i i'm sorry i took off scout's uh costume <laughs> He also he has a lion's mane that looks so good because his body you know is so perfect and he he, he, he if you put something on him he's good he forgets <laughs> and he'll like just live with it I've got a
1: pain now, you know? Yeah. You'll just have to, you'll just have to send me a photo, but, (laughs) uh, you know, before, before we go, do you have anything that you want to shout out, plug anything that you have going on other than the Simpsons or just anything you want to tell people?
0: Um, vote, vote now, just go, just put it in. Like, if you don't know any of the propositions, know what, you know, and then do it now. Just leave ones you don't know blank yeah get it Don't mark something if you if you don't know don't mark something because you might be voting for something you should but uh yeah but get it done
1: yeah i love that and i second that and you know who to vote for and he's not stupid with really dumb orange face that's all i'll say <laughs> um so you know let's 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 come together on this guys uh carolyn you're great i'll talk to you soon thanks everyone for hanging out and i'll see you later
0: it's great seeing you again not always bye-bye
1: if you enjoyed this podcast, check out the official Instagram at SimpsonsisGreaterThan or follow me on Twitter at SimpsonsisGreat. If you're curious about me or my Simpsons collection, just search for Bard Darkness on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for checking this out. I'll see you next week.